0: Rebel Nation, are you ready? It's time for the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline.
1: He gets the blocks he needs. He's in the end zone. Touchdown, Ole Miss. Right up the middle, David. Big gaping hole opened up. Touchdown, Ole Miss. Jackson Dart houses it.
0: Gary Darby, Chuck Roundsville, Yancey Porter, and Gordon Ford bring you the latest on everything going on with Ole Miss Athletics.
1: It's on the turf and the Rebels recover it. Gets control in the dock! Oh my goodness gracious. Don't
0: sit on the sidelines. Be part of the show. Text in your questions or comments at 662-426-1093. That's 662-426-1093.
2: I guess you don't have to.
3: What you need to? He hits one high and deep. Left field. Came shading the eyes at the track, and it is ball.
0: Let's get to it. Here's your host, Gary Darby.
3: Yes, indeed. We are ready for a Canna Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell hotline. Uh, Gary and Yancey in the building right now. How are you? We're
4: doing great. Doing great. Um, You know, it's kind of an up-and-down weekend, uh, Old Miss sports-wise, uh, The good, obviously, the women's basketball team, what a gutty, gutty win that was coming down, I believe, eight with a little under five minutes left there. And then, you know, they came through in men's basketball, they won. But I didn't think, uh, and that would be my five thoughts, I I didn't think they really played the way that they wanted to play to get that momentum back. And then baseball, Look, uh, let's just call it what it is, it was downright ugly.
3: And uh, we want to talk about First South Farm Credit. Over 100 years of experience, rural communities, and agriculture. They'll help you through it all at First South Farm Credit. Now we bring in the man, Chuck. Hey, guys. What
5: would you think, Chucky? Uh, about what you did, uh, you know. Uh, I mean, I thought the first two games of baseball were okay yeah. out there, but then the Outside last two, I, I don't know what happened. It, like they didn't show up for some reason. And uh, Ten walks and six arrows yesterday? Are you kidding me? Come on now.
3: As Yancy and I were around the the table in the back, you know, I I, I do a show on Saturday, too, and I was talking to him. My thing I said was, I don't want to be on Monday overreacting about four baseball games in Hawaii. That's right. And, Chuck, I'm overreacting about four.
4: (laughs) Well, even even after the first game, I didn't have good, you know, it was like, man, I think they had three or four hits the first game. It took them – Know thirteen innings to win with their ace on the mound, and then it just you that know that
5: could have been jet lag though. I mean that's that's a real a thing now. Jet lag's a real thing. Chucky,
4: they were eight for eighty six with their six <laughs> new position players I, I, on the I, weekend. I get it. I get it. And get and, it. and as Gary and I were talking about, it wasn't just they faced a hot pitcher. They got three hit by eight pitchers Sunday against yeah. Hawaii. So it wasn't like they were facing this quirky lot of tail end movement. I mean, eight pitchers, three hitter. It was – I've never seen anything like it in the Yankee yeah. air. I'll say that.
3: I think he said much the same uh, yeah. after, he did. after Sunday. He did. Sunday. the
4: worst any team's ever played in 24 years, Ford.
3: Gordon Ford will be with us in the first segment, and Ben Garrett from the Ole Miss Spirit will be with us as well on today's program. Your text messages at 662-426-1093, and We've got a lot of other things to get into, whether it's recruiting, Ole Miss news, whatever it might be. Uh, Before we head to the break, five things with the answer brought to you by Outback Steakhouse. Our friend Steve Grantham has nine of those in the states of Mississippi and Tennessee. Outback Steakhouse.
4: Yeah, the first thought, the sign of a good coach is one that has their team playing their best ball by the season's end. I'm not sure I can find one that has done this more consistently at Ole Miss than Coach Joe. Thought number two, I've heard some fans complain about spending money on the baseball stadium. When a sport doesn't have enough tickets to accommodate the fans – You have to add on. It's as simple as that. Thought number three. I know I keep talking about freshman left-handed pitcher Wes Melendez, but now you know why. He throws all four of his pitches for a strike at any time he wants to. In my eyes, he's the staff's ace right now. Thought number four. The Ole Miss offense leaves a lot to be desired. The pitching staff will have to carry the offense until they can figure it out or this could be a long season. And the last thought. The Ole Miss Hook team recorded a, recorded a must-win Saturday. It wasn't pretty, but they found a way to win. They won the game, but I didn't think they won any momentum because the two Ole Miss centers, Chucky, scored zero points and a total of nine rebounds. That can't continue if they want to win enough of these last six games plus the SEC tournament to make the NCAA tournament.
3: You know, Beard even said it after the Kentucky game about the post. How do you not score post-play? a point? Too many shots getting blocked when you're seven feet and seven five, or not catching the ball, things of that nature. Uh, it's it's a big it's a big Wednesday, yes.
4: For at the next three games, they're going to tell everything. Both
3: schools and that yeah. will play in Starville. Yeah. Um, but you know, because part of the Ole Miss news I'm going to get to is the latest of the bracketologies and where they have, yeah. you know, the Ole Miss team, and we're firmly planted on the bubble
4: well you look at the women's team and they grind it out they get they had 18 offensive rebounds against mississippi state that you know they're they're getting second chance points and it's the opposite of the men's team right they're more flashy and pizzazzy and got hot shooters on the outside uh you know mainly morel and and juju and those guys but they, they don't get that there's no paint game offensively and defensively so if the outside shot isn't hitting what
5: do you do chucky Well, I mean, there's you do what they're doing, you lose. (laughs) I mean, uh, you know, I mean, in this league, you've got to have some center play. And uh, bless his heart, Alan Flanagan gets there and gets he gets 10 rebounds, and he's the only one rebounding on on the whole team that I can see. And I know that I know Coach Beard is, is frustrated by that because he's a defensive minded, rebounding minded guy, and he's just not getting it.
4: Yeah. And like you said, that Beard's hallmark trade is defense and rebounding, and I know he's got to be frustrated.
3: Don't forget the text message line at 426 109 1093 Get those in now for a little later in the show. Gordon Ford comes on next.
0: Campbell Clinic Orthopedics, a national and international leader in musculoskeletal care, are the ones to trust when it comes to orthopedic needs, such as sports medicine, pediatrics, hip and knee, spine, shoulder and elbow, foot and ankle, hand and wrist, as well as cast and x-ray services, along with a the physical therapy department. To make an appointment call 901-759-3111 or schedule online now at www.campbellclinicoxford.com. They also offer a convenient weekly walk-in clinic Monday through Friday from 7:30 a.m. until 4 p.m. Campbell Clinic Oxford, located at 2608 south lamar boulevard you're listening to the rebel yell hotline presented by cannon motors
3: and the text messages are coming in at 662-426-1093 we'll get to those in the next segment maybe an injury report as well this portion of the show brought to you by gateway tire they've been serving us since 1929 54 locations six different states Gateway Tire goes the distance for you and on another Monday night we go to the phones we bring in our good buddy Gordon Ford. Hey dude how you doing man?
5: Hey Gordon it's great seeing you Saturday night sitting next to you at the game on press row and uh, us seeing the same thing that uh, Yancey's been talking about. Gary's been talking about and I've been talking about just no no inside presence from those big guys that uh, ought to be doing something.
6: No, they're not getting any inside presence, but it was an exciting game. I don't know what I was more excited about those two boxes of popcorn you and I ate or the end of the game. But I'm I'm telling you they have no inside presence. I think in once that Ole Miss went to a one I mean they went to a one three one zone. Missouri, I think Ole Miss was able to attack it and get back in the game and you know, like you said, there's no inside presence. Zero points from either big man. Eight rebounds from C, and I, I don't know what Sharp had. One, one, but, one you know. rebound for Sharp.
5: All right, so let me let me go back to the sharp. popcorn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got a I got a box of popcorn, and y'all seen that commercial where that big center uh, gets a handful of
3: goldfish? What's his name? <laughs> Boban Marjanovic.
5: Yeah, Marjanovic, and and uh, I, I offered Gordon. A handful of popcorn, and he got the handful of, like Moravcich. He dug deep down in that box, and I said, "Wait, man!"
6: Well, I ended up buying on another one. So we, we pretty much chowed
5: down on. Huh? I'm playing with you, boy. You know I. I uh, know. <laughs> but uh, you know, I thought Juju came to, to life a yeah. little bit, uh, that, particularly that the in the first song. half, mm-hmm. and uh, morell was morell and Brakefield had his normal quiet 16 points that you don't even know he scored uh but he had ended up on the score sheet with 16 points
6: no he did and one of the things is you know people might be disappointed but every sec game with the exception of vanderbilt that one year has always won two or three games and you know unfortunately for us that wasn't their one game that they were one or two games they would win but they i thought missouri played hard and you know, um, just
5: uh, I didn't. Sean East we were is a good safe. player.
6: Yeah, yeah. Sean East is a very good player. I mean, he had what twenty-seven points. Yeah, and did real good. But the thing that gets me, I mean, they were penetrating on us and getting inside shots. And yeah, like I said, every time the the horn rang, and like I said, you and I were sitting each next to each other, uh, they were blowing a foul on Say. So I mean, you know, it just wasn't really a good performance by our big players
4: well g man what, I mean who who's who has the possibility to step that up since it seems like we're far enough in the season now to know what you're going to get out of SA and, and sharp is there anybody been, obviously Flanagan has been carrying the slack I, I mean I I think it's going to have to be Brakefield um i think caldwell is because of his leaping ability if he's got get some more minutes he can go in there and get you some rebounds and play tough there's got to be some some players to fill that void
6: oh no you're right i mean caldwell has to get in there and play more he's a very good player you know brandon murray needs to do something i mean you know he came in with a lot of hype and and was really supposed to be really good and you know he's been kind of disappointing to me um you look at um I think, you know, uh Brakefield is doing a good job and uh I mean he's played a lot better than he's played the last several years. And, They've all got to crash uh, the Platticans, boards
5: though. Yeah. They but they can't rely on-,
6: on Wednesday night with state. It's physical inside. So those guys better step their game up or they will go down in and, and start them.
5: I think unless they start crashing the boards en masse, um they're going to have problems down the stretch because they can't just sit back and rely on say and Sharp to get the rebounds because obviously they're not getting them.
4: They're 19 and 6, 6 and 6 in the SEC. Gary, you two, How many do they need before that tournament selection? 3 and 3, three in the regular season, yeah. and
5: then they got to have a decent showing in the SEC, I think. That's my, my prediction. So
4: 9 and 9 and a decent showing in the SEC. What about where you're not worried about the SEC? 10 and 8? 10 and 8.
5: Oh, yeah,
3: 10 and 8. The issue and becomes Missouri and Georgia now. You, you I, can't you can't lose to Missouri. You can't you can't lose either one of those.
4: Georgia's still top one hundred RPI team, but Missouri you can't lose at Missouri. I still think they need to beat Bama. I bet we can. can. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
5: I don't think we will, but uh, oh, I,
4: I'm saying you can't. If yeah, you lose that care. one, that's like two or three losses. I, I think is you know you got to beat Missouri at Missouri, and and if they can avoid. Losing to Mizzou at Mizzou and beating Alabama at home to give them that really true signature win, I think they're, what, one in the net, Alabama? Then, then you know, everything else is gravy, but those those two are key. And these next two games, I mean, you know, you've got, you got State, your in-state rival on Wednesday and then South Carolina Saturday. I think they match up well against South Carolina. I think they win that game. But I if they, they can beat State – if you beat state and then South Carolina and then you kind of on cruise again, right? Mm-hmm. So that state game is
3: so big. I think they and the A and M at the end of of it is yeah. going to be big too. Well,
4: no doubt. Because no you're looking at is. the
3: bubble right now. But if you, as, can, as beat, is, if you can beat if you can beat state, Ole Miss state, and A and M.
4: If you beat state, you give yourself some slack, right? Now a little bit. And then you continue that against South Carolina, and you really just need another win and, and not lose to to Missouri. So. I, it's there. It's a. The destiny is in their hands. I'm just, oh, man. It's, it's gonna be tough when it gets nitty gritty with no paint game. Yeah, but I, I, I think, think if, they
6: win 22 or 23 games though, Yancey, and they get in the tournament. And they'll beat somebody. So, yeah. yeah, I think they. I think they're gonna. Game. I bet.
4: Uh, a heck, if you win 22, 23, and get in the tournament and win a game in the tournament with zero paint game, that's, uh, that's.
6: Man, Beard did a hell of a job. That's that's really. No, he's hard done a heck of a job already. He would even thought we'd have won 19 games this year with a team that we've got with no inside presence. Updated, I mean he's done yeah. a tremendous year.
3: Net rankings almost is sixty five. They've fallen
4: down to sixty five. Yeah. They were sixty. Yeah, there's some more like games that,
6: that, that we could play that,
5: well, played that can make
6: up for yeah. that. So
5: yeah. but Gordon who ask yourself this the preseason when you knew we signed Sharp and CSA, who thought we wouldn't have any presence in the middle? Particularly um I mean just a few points and and 10 or 12 rebounds between them C. was the defensive
4: player of the year in the Big 12. And I mean, so the Big was 12, Sharp. Usually, I know, when G-Man and I talked about that before. Sharp at least came, you know, from a lower conference. But the Big 12 is arguably every bit as good as the SEC. How do you become the conference player of the year to, to what I he's played like I can't figure it year? out. It Unless they no played sins. a lot
6: of zone down there, that's all I can think of. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, they were hate being. I hate being, I hate being swat- so –
5: I hate being so critical on those two guys because they're out there it. playing as hard no, as they Chuck, can. No, you're right.
6: But, man. Hey, but you, and, you when know, they came it, in. We, yeah, we thought that Cisse would turn us around. And well, just, this I mean, is a production. we thought we were
5: going to be the tallest, biggest, baddest paint team in the country. Yeah, this, you know, you know, and and we're in, an, in the era of NIL. This is a production era. I yep. mean, you produce or, or, or people talk about you. Yep.
4: <laughs> I mean, that's just the way it that's is. That's right. When you're making more money than everybody talking
3: about you, that's the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. every day for me. <laughs> I talk about a lot of people that make a lot
5: more money than me. <laughs> they wouldn't have to make much to make more than me. I Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's why I have
3: six different jobs. <laughs>
4: oh, you
6: got uh,
5: kids.
3: Wow. <laughs>
4: Well, yeah, gee, I, I think, I make mean, guys, all of you, they can, be, they can win Saturday. And yes, I'm, I have my doubts too. Uh, the physicalness that State's going to play, the energy that crowd's going to bring, you know, they're going to have to overcome a lot. They're going to obviously, they're going to have to be hitting their outside shots. And Juju is the key. When Juju is playing, even seventy-five percent of Juju like Saturday, you know, Ole Miss is going to win most of the game. When he's on his game, uh, they're tough to beat. And when he's off. They just—they're not gonna win many games. No, that's All
3: right, true. buddy. Thanks, G. We're up against the break. We'll talk to you again.
6: Good talking to you guys, man. Thanks, G. Man, Thank more popcorn next game, Chuck. <laughs>
3: Bye-bye. <laughs> he says he's got more popcorn for you next game, Chuck. All right, we'll come back. We've got text messages next. G-dame.
0: Imagine years of hard work and saving and now you're worried about outliving your retirement savings. Paxton Faris and the Farese Group have over 20 years and a process working toward success, not stress after retirement. To know how you can truly enjoy a level of comfort and security, talk to the Ferris Group. Retirement should be stress-free, not stressful. The Ferris Group, ferrisgroup.com, offices in Oxford and Jackson. The Faris Group, your partner in retirement. Securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA and SIPC. and go rebs more of the rebel yell hotline presented by Canon motors coming up next and we got
3: text messages now brought to you by canon cleary mcgraw CCMOxford.com. a little bit later on we've got your injury report in this segment then ben garrett's going to join us in the next big segment of things gary chuck yancey with you and we thank gordon for being with us text messages let's start here first uh, and it's back to baseball and why isn't will furnace starting
5: it's, well, a, righty-lefty it's it, a righty lefty thing it? it's a righty
4: lefty he struggled defensively at first base and and they're trying to get the best you know pieces in there right now the other thought I, was... I still think he's going to have a chance to start um and he he always goes against right-handed pitchers left-handed hitter Last year, but he started. You started San Bianca towards the end of last season, leaving him in against left handed pitchers. To you know, you were thinking to make that next step this year, but I think more of anything from what I've heard is just more defensively. And then he's
3: he had, some had a shot and maybe playing some right field. But if you saw the way yep. Hughes played right field yeah. defensively, Saved I know he didn't on the, hit on the weekend, no but I think defensively, Hughes just better as an outfielder than Furnace. And I, so, I just don't think. I just don't
5: think a, a, a four-day trip to Hawaii is a good sample size yet. Let's let us let them get about 10 games under their belt, and then we'll kind of figure out what's going on. I mean, I just
4: – Well, no, I look, I, you know, I kind of listed the pitchers about who pitched great, who pitched average, who pitched bad, you know, and it was kind of sliced in a third on each category. But there were, you know, eight guys I thought on the mound that looked really good this weekend. So – there's enough arms, I think, to be able to carry this offense. They figured it, uh, figured it out. So the sky's not falling, but it, I mean, they got their work cut out. There's no doubt yeah, about but, it. Yeah, but I
5: mean, you can't, you can't tell me that you're going to base everything on what Riley Maddox did Sunday. Sure. I mean, no, I mean you know, no. I mean, he no, had a I bad mean, outing. They, yeah. You know, hell, Kyle Whitey Cormac Ford had Cormac. a bad outing. Everybody, everybody has a bad. A lot outing. of
4: jitters. A lot of jitters. You know, you were talking about. Um, Gary about uh Smith with mm-hmm. freshman catcher on a on a
3: call right it was late in the game when actually they were going to intentionally walk somebody and he went out to call the first and third play <laughs> like he walked out in front and then realized because he was laughing and he you know if uh he, he tur- turned to the umpire and he, he said i thought we were doing first and third so yeah. you know yeah and, and, and that's that's going to happen you get Arkansas state and you get high point for three games I think truthfully when Iowa rolls in you'll know. Because they've got a first-round, second-round type guy that's going to be thrown at you. Mm-hmm. You'll kind of know. Their national, you know, top 25 team, you'll know probably really a lot about yourself when you get to that. Probably weekend. what
5: disturbed me more than anything, though, having eight errors over the weekend. Yeah, yeah.
3: You know, I mean,
5: that, that's not that's not acceptable.
3: We have answered the one, uh, but I'll, I'll go ahead since it was a text message. How many wins will it take for the men to get in the NCAA tournament? Three. Mean, they're
4: saying three more, that would be 22 and... Twenty-two regular 22 and season nine going wins into, into the tournament. The tournament. The tournament. That's the what SEC I thought originally. Tournament. I still think Bama needs to be in that mix to give them that signature win. Unless you go get a quad one road win. Here's like the thing. Right State now,
3: Wednesday, there are nine right in every projection, which I'll get to at the end. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and A and M are all six and six in the league. Ole Miss beat A and M there. Yeah. They beat State at home. So right yep. now, the tiebreaker in in the head to head look belongs sure. there. But you get both teams before season's end. Yeah, And most li- and, and a good shot, you're in an 8-9 game against one of them when the tournament happens, too. Yeah. Situation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's... It's going to play
5: itself out.
4: It's going to play itself out. I, I, Three I, regular you, seasons.
3: If they play good ball,
5: they don't have to play exceptional ball. If they play good ball down the stretch, they'll get in the NCAA tournament, I believe. And, yeah. of
3: course, we have a football question as well. Sometimes time has passed. A major player has left. Can you talk about the rush offense in football? And it actually... It's specific and says last September, so I
4: yeah, this I mean it's from a slow start running the ball last. September.
5: Well, I mean you know you had the left side of the line was brand new in Kern and McGee. Yep. Also, Priest scoring was the tight end was hurt. He was out, out for most yep. of the September. Um, you you know, and other right. teams other teams stacked the line of scrimmage because they said, well, we're gonna make Dart beat us, and once Dart Showed him he could beat him, then they backed off some, and that's when Quinchon got going yep. in Trade, and the run Trade game. Trey Harris got going.
4: was also hurt a couple of those games in September, and so they were really stacking the line, right? Yeah, yeah. So there were a lot of factors, I believe, in that. Sure. I, I think he wants to go with it. That was Quinchon not running hard. I think that was really probably what I, he was wondering. I, I, about. I, didn't,
5: but, I didn't see that. Yeah. Now, I didn't, some people said that, but I didn't see that. Yeah. I just didn't think he had anywhere to go. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't either. I don't
4: either. Um, that was a lot of factors. And when Prescorn got back and, and Trey got healthy, that really that Open really changed, up, sure. opened, opened it all up.
3: So speaking of injuries, let's go there now. Oxford Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, OxfordOrtho.com.
4: Yeah, basketball, everything looks to be fine. Um, football, Chuck, i tell you anything if there's any new news on that. On baseball, you got the four-season ending at UCLA injuries. You know, you got what would have been your Friday-Saturday starters and Hunter Elliott and Xavier Revis and then – Freshman Taylor Rabe uh, got hurt a week before last. Um, really coming on. That's a shame. And then Cole him a guy that from West Point, Mississippi, that I was not even aware that had UCL uh, surgery. He's uh, he's out for the season as well. Um, so those four guys. Uh, you know, I walked up to the park today. It was the open season for my son, and I was talking to one of the parents, and we, uh, our team, high school team, has four players out with UCL. You know, mm-hmm. in high school. With a much smaller staff, numbers-wise. Um, That's
5: absurd. It's just, That's it, just unbelievable. You know,
4: and then we were, t- one of the, the brothers goes to another school, and they got four or five on their team, and we were just all talking about it. It's just like, I mean, every single. Epidemic. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter what levels, not only college or pro, pros even more than even college, and college is more than high school. It just, it's just, it's
5: everywhere. It's crazy.
3: They need some rest. Somewhere, or yeah. and to play other sports.
5: Yeah, yeah. I mean year round baseball. Come on, come on, guys, go go play soccer, go play tennis, go play golf, go play base uh basketball, even football, football,
3: you yeah, know, anything. Yeah, you'll hear a lot of college coaches tell you you you'll know how tough a guy is as a baseball player if he played football, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, sure, sure, because of the physicality and everything it takes going through football. A lot of sure. coaches want that. All right, we'll come back with a tough guy. It's Ben Garrett right after this. Hang on.
1: Listen to NerdWallet Smart Money podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you.
0: Real Estate. Roof leaks can disturb your relaxing weekend or put your business operations and assets in jeopardy. Riverland Roofing is a licensed, insured, and certified roofing contractor that offers clients quality solutions that suit their budget. As a certified GAF Master Contractor, Riverland can offer warranties that can last a lifetime, servicing five states, including Mississippi and Tennessee. Owned and operated by Ole Miss alumni, Riverland Roofing covers what matters most, home or business. Find out more at RiverlandLLC.com or
2: Chevrolet, On your road.
0: Outback Steakhouse knows steak. Even better, the grills are always hot and ready for your favorites. There's nothing better than pairing a bold steak with a bloomin' onion and one of our signature cocktails. Drop in for a great lunch or dinner anytime for awesome food and a bloomin' good time. Either way, Outback has your back. Visit their locations in Tupelo, Hattiesburg, Meridian, South Haven, the and flow Mississippi also serving Jackson and Cordova Tennessee Outback Steakhouse. Ole Miss football, basketball, baseball, and more are all right here on the Rebel Yell Hotline, presented by Cannon Motors.
3: Friends, let me tell you about the Paris Group. Partner in retirement, nearly two decades of expertise in helping retirees invest and distribute their savings. Locations: Ridgeland, Oxford, Little Rock, Baton Rouge. Give them a call. at 1-877-327-3735. Now let's go back to the phone line to bring in Mr. Ben Garrett. Hi, dude.
8: Hey, buddy. How are you? And to Yancey and Chuck, I just have to say, um, y'all have two of the largest Ole Miss Rolodexes on this beat, right? And yet every week I tune in and it's Harry, it's Gordon, Zach, Jake, and Ben. You lazy, yes. lazy turds.
4: <laughs> uh, we, we, we go to the well. We go to it often, Benjamin. Um, yeah, it's, it's like Yancey and Chuck uh, text
8: each other on, on Sunday night saying, hey, who's coming on tomorrow? Oh, Harry, Gordon, or somebody. We'll get
4: Jake or something. Yeah. Hey, we, get, we get the good ones. That, that's why we have you tonight. Look, talk, no, talk me off the, me the ledge have,
5: a little bit. Know, oh, no, 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 no. First, for... You
8: know, <laughs> here I am.
5: Hey, yeah. hey Ben, uh, before we get started, will you uh, – Great feature you've started on the Ole Miss Spirit with the, the Ivy League, with Jared Ivy, defensive end. Yeah, yeah that was cool. Interviewing uh, players and and yeah. w- whatever personnel he can get on there each week. I'll tell you, as impersonal as it's become, you know, how we don't have access to a lot of coaches, et cetera, to have players to come on there and talk to each other and for our fans to get to know them, I think, is a fantastic idea. And mm-hmm. stroke of genius by you, buddy.
8: Well, I, I thank you for that. Your check is in the mail. Uh, Yancey mm-hmm. doesn't get anything. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, if, if he wants to you know tune in on Thursday, Jared's actually going to have J.J. Pegues so as his next guest. And it won't just be cool. his teammates. It'll be uh, assistant coaches who, like Chuck mentioned, we don't get to talk to and uh you know whoever he can bring in and that's the really cool thing about it i mean i think you hit the nail on the head chuck totally gets what we're going for with it is you know this is a very impersonal business now i mean uh if you don't have already built in in, you know uh institutional knowledge or or sourcing whatever it might be it's going to be hard i mean the business is changing the the whole environment in and around college sports is changing and and we aren't excluded from that so it, it, like, for us at the Spirit, we got to adapt or, or die just like Wayne Kiffin and them. They've gone with the portal. Now we're going to things like, you know, you know, player empowerment and letting them use their voice and hearing it directly from them. Um, so it, I appreciate you saying that because I'm really excited about it. Uh, of course, uh, I am terribly nervous about it because, you know, you know, Ben, he's like, oh, well, I'll probably spirit it up. But we're good so far. So thank you, my friend.
5: There you go.
4: You know, we were texting a little bit earlier, Ben, and I was – I was trying to get you to talk me off the ledge on baseball, so so, so take me <laughs> off of it. I mean, you know, make 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 sense of what, what's going on right now.
8: Okay, well, it's Groundhog's Day again, you know. <laughs> I mean, that's what that was. It was. I mean, it was 2023 all over again on Sunday. I mean, Friday and our Saturday night, excuse me, in uh, the second of the Saturday doubleheader was pretty much the same stuff too. Uh, what sank missed last year was its woeful pitching depth. And freshmen having to step in – or true freshmen having to step into roles, advanced roles way too soon, losing a big, important arm before the season started, a, a anchor rotation of an arm before the season started, mm-hmm. and then – to have it play out just like last season, despite all the new faces, it was like more of the same with just a new, you know, new coat of paint. Uh, but it is a marathon and not a sprint in baseball. It's not so much in college baseball as professional baseball, which has got 162 games. But in college baseball, there there is a little time to adjust and there is a lot of new. But it wasn't encouraging on Sunday specifically when you have six errors in the field. Uh, you, you talk. I remember I was listening to you guys a couple weeks ago and. I think you had Carl. Maybe it was last week, previewing the uh, opening weekend series, and y'all spoke of the depth of arms. I think sixteen arms that they had in yeah. the first two nights. That you could see that pitching depth. Carter Smith is a hell of a good-looking player. Mason Morris looked really good. Um, you know, I, I'm not worried about Grayson Sonier and JT Quinn. I'm not worried about them. I know Grayson didn't have a great start, but I think they're going to be fine. What really was alarming to me was just how lifeless. And bad Sunday was so mm-hmm. I, I, I was going to be fine with you know three out of four. I would say that was a hell of a successful weekend for them if they could have gotten done it. even before know what we know. Even knowing what we know now, uh, but yeah, that Sunday game was about as bad as, as you'll see under Mike Bianco. Even Mike Bianco said he said, I mean, I, I haven't seen yeah. us play that bad twenty four years. And um, I wanted to be there in Hawaii, write it off as a business expense and be like, well, Mike, I saw it a lot last year, you know. But I think they're going to be better because I think the lineup's different. And I think y'all are right on, right on something. Carl, of course, was too last week. They do have more pitching options. It's just got to find, uh, find, the, find its, its cohesion, if you will. And if it does, always is going to be in a, uh, probably a two-seed somewhere. But if not, man, it could get ugly.
4: So where do you go starting pitching? I, I do I do think they have a lot of depth in the bullpen, but they need a couple, at least two starters that can get them that fifth, sixth inning on a consistent basis, giving up one, two, three runs. Gunnar Dennis had absolutely shut everybody down up to preseason uh, scrimmages and, and games and that nature, and then he just stunk it up, you know, uh, this past weekend. That makes me a little bit nervous. Um, Sanje still makes me nervous, uh, you know, he – I think he had four strikeouts and five or six batters, and then he hits a guy and gets a couple waltz and blows up on him, kind of similar to what happened last year. Who are the guys you think in the end are going to be some guys that can lean on in that starting role?
8: See, so here's the thing. Um, I think there needs to be a philosophical shift, and I think you're seeing it. And it tried, Mike tried it in the in the opening weekend series um, to to shaky results, but it's it's less about having – a Drew Pomeranz type of emergence from J T Quinn or Grayson Sonier, where he can go out there and throw 14 innings on short rest, even you know even if it, like 160 pitches, something ridiculous. Those days are long gone. Uh, I thought what he did with J T was perfect. He went four innings. Old days, Mike would have left him in a little bit longer. You have depth of options in your rotation, like not just rotation, but just in your pitching uh, room altogether. And as y'all all touched on last week, use them with like it's more about situationally for Mike when you get in those situations, I don't care if it's the third inning, if it's the most pressure point situation of the game so far, utilize it in that way. If Josh Mallett needs to come in, I mean, Josh Mallett didn't get used until game four, which was shocking to me. Um, I oh, didn't gosh. understand that. I would love to have seen Josh Mallett, you know, early on in game three uh, before uh, Hawaii oh, had really any well. chance to put up. Yeah. You know, a, a huge number on the scorecard. So, uh, I think what you what you got what we need to do here is all to kind of take a collective deep breath. Know that look, they're two and two. It's one series. See what they look like as they get two weeks, three weeks under them. But if we roll into April, May here, and it's just the same middling results, well, then we're going to have to have ho- totally different conversations. But I'm not really thinking that it's. I'm not throwing my arms up and saying it's all over after four games. I know you're trying to Yancy. It's not. <laughs> but I, I think they're gonna they have I, enough, but it wasn't great.
4: So Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't think it's over out. by any chance either, because I see <laughs> enough good arms in there to be able to carry it. They're just gonna have to put the pitching together and know who they can rely yeah. on and cannot to carry this offense. I think offensively they still got a ways to go. Um, you know, I, I do think guys uh, you know, like Smithwick, I know I know he's a, a freshman, but I know he's gonna start hitting the ball. Um, obviously, um, you know, the other guys that they brought in there in the portal, uh, they didn't have a good weekend, you know, let's, let's no. be honest about it. Uh, but, you know, I think they went a total of the four new transfer portals went five for 51. Smith went one for 10. Udemart went two for 15. So out of your six new starters, that's eight for 86. And what concerned me is that, again, it wasn't like Hawaii had a hot pitcher or two that shut Ole Miss down. They used eight pitchers against Ole Miss Sunday Um, and three hit them. They used six the night before and and four hit them. And this is Hawaii, and we're on game three and four.
8: Which is exactly what I'm calling for Ole Miss and Mike Bianco to do. And I think they're going to try to do that with their depth of options. Um, I think they're still working through some things. It's still very much a work in proze- process, both personnel wise and philosophically for Mike in this new look roster. But as far as offensively, the only concern I have is twofold. One, they don't walk. And two, yeah. I, d- I wish Mike would stop playing the left right matchups and just kind of go. Luke Hill the top of the lineup is invaluable. I want to give him the most at bats. But I'm not a coach, so what the hell do I know? You know, the man has won a national championship. All I do know is this after the weekend the concerns all of us probably had collectively going in have in no way been appeased. If anything, they've been exacerbated. So, you know, we're just all trying to figure out, okay, is it really going to be six SEC wins again? No, I don't think so. But we're also not looking at uh, a national seed hosty either. You know, and that's what we're seeing, how close are they are to which side of the other. And yeah. it feels like it's, more, it's much more closer to last year after the first series than it was in 2022. But even 2022, you take that one month away. When they got hot, it, it's been like this for two years now. You know what I mean? But you can't take it away. That's not how baseball works. They've got a title. But there are real uh, cracks in the foundation about how Ole Miss is adapting to the new world of college baseball as one of its greatest programs. But I'm not going to make these broadsides after just four games, man. I can't do it because I'm still drinking that little bit of Kool-Aid because <laughs> it's the springtime. You can't write off Ole Miss baseball in February.
5: Of course. Hey, let's shift gears a little bit. Uh t- t- what's your what's your opinion on what it's gonna take for the Rebels to get in the NCAA tournament? Uh we're we're all saying three more minimum, three more regular season and a decent showing in the SEC tournament. What what's your thought process?
8: They need to get ten SEC wins. If they get ten SEC wins, I think they're they're locked Including in. Including the, the tournament tournament. No, I just ten SEC wins in the regular season. They would they would lock it up. Um, I'm not even thinking about the SEC tournament all that much, to be honest with you. I mean, if Ole Miss is a 20-win regular season team, the first time Ole Miss would have done that since 2001, that is a lock NCAA tournament team, and especially with the new with the new criteria for tournament teams. I mean, that's a of resumes you can have from a Power Five, so they wouldn't leave them out with that 10 SEC wins. But you know, if the committee tries to play games, or if Ole Miss is uh, loses one, drops one. I mean, Missouri was scary. I mean, that Missouri team was not a good team. And Ole Miss defensively kind of fell apart, especially when they tried to go small because their two seven-footers just aren't doing enough. Jimmy, uh, uh, you know, Sharp, it's more about his inability to really play defense, you know, valuably enough at 7'5", while Musa, he can't score. So they try to go small, and Austin Nunes is a point guard, and Alan Flanagan and Jalen Breakfield are their biggest players on the floor. problem with that is they can't defend it like Yancey. You know, so uh, moving forward with them, <laughs> I wasn't a the, very good no defender. Games. Yeah, man, I think you do, all right, man. I mean, just move your feet, <laughs> anyway. So, like, I think, like, as long as they win the games they're supposed to, they'll get to that mark. But there is a, still a chance with this team late late in season as it is for them to suffer one of those really bad catastrophic losses. It hasn't happened yet. They have always answered the bell, even when they've lost three straight. But that's that's. The pathway. They, got, they need to get the 10 wins in the SEC in the regular season. If they do that, inconsequential what happens in the SEC tournament, in my opinion, they're still going to be an 8 9 seed somewhere and playing with a real shot to match the greatest achievement in Ole Miss basketball history, which is what? This was 16. So uh, it's been an, a remarkable first year for Chris Beard and that team. And, it, you know, I, I thought Missouri told us more than most games or even some wins uh, recently because that was a tough game. I mean, I, I, saw, I saw that game. A lot under Kermit Davis, and they did not come back. They ended up losing that by 20. So it was. You you can see the progress. You can see how far Ole Miss has come. But uh, as far as the math goes, they need the 10 SEC regular season wins.
4: Ben, if they beat Alabama at home, don't lose to Missouri on the road. Can can you still see 9 and 9 in the SEC? uh, Get get again.
8: No. Yeah, probably. No. I mean, you probably need to win your first-round game. But you if you were going to lose that first-round game this tournament or second-round, whatever it is, uh, in that scenario, well, you probably don't deserve to get in anyway because you're going to be losing to a really bad team, right? That would be a, a, a resume sure. bomb anyway. So, yep. yeah, I mean, sure. As long as you don't have just that bomb of a, of a loss. Like, Missouri would have been a bomb. If they lose to Missouri at Missouri, it's a bomb, you know? That, that would be catastrophic. But if, if they can get 9-10, yeah, I mean – they might would need to get one with nine wins in the regular season, but we're kind of talking semantically here. Um, they're perf- they're, they're well-positioned and well-tracking towards safely being in the NCAA tournament. Uh, the problem is is they keep teetering right up there to the edge, to the ledge of just absolute disaster. <laughs> so it's not a fun place to live on, but it's also the first year of a ma- what was supposed to be a massive rebuild, and we're talking about maybe Ole Miss can match the single greatest accomplishment in its history, the Sweet 16. And it's true. This team can absolutely do that. The eighth-best team in the SEC, for sure. And that's what Ole Miss is right now. Um, And that, in and of itself, is a remarkable turnaround that deserves to be applauded. But uh, there is work to be done because, man, they're right there. And you'd love to see Ole Miss go get that 10th NCAA tournament appearance.
4: What do they got to do to beat State? Who has to step up? I mean, you know, we can keep wishing the paint game, but who is going to be the key player to to be able to win that game Wednesday against State?
8: Well, that's why I, was, I brought up the small lineup. We were talking about kind of what went wrong and they can't defend out of it. I think they would like to do that because it's their best offensive set. I mean, offensive grouping, I should say. Yeah, and I mean, because Juju Murray is off the ball. He's playing the two when they go small. Austin's a point guard. And Juju off the ball, that's where he's at his best. That's where he can skill make. He's not. He can create, and he's great at at assisting and uh, assisting on shots and stuff like that. But like when he's hunting for shots and hunting for points, that's when Juju individually as a player is at his absolute best because he is a very proficient three point shooter, a dynamic shot creator, both in separating uh, as he's driving and just finishing through contact. Um, but it's hard to do when you're also tasked with the responsibility of guarding one of the very best players on the floor, the point guard, and uh, distributing and keeping the, the offense ro- rolling in the rhythm. But th- that's what they have to do because their best defensive groupings are with Musa, one of Musa or Jamarian Sharp. So um, if we can see that offensive lineup, that small offensive lineup, face against go against Mississippi State with Josh Hubbard, who would have been awesome as an Ole Miss Rebel, you know. And we can see that group, but they could defend it. Well, now Ole Miss might be onto something. Really might be cooking something, Yancey. But if they got right, it, we're up against a like, break. All right, see you, buddy. Bye.
3: Thank you, ben. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Back to conclude things next.
2: That's good to me. Oh, yeah.
3: I oh, don't you know she's all right. I oh, don't you know she's all right.
4: She's all right. She's all right. She's all right.
0: real estate with over 40 years of combined experience the tom smith land and homes team serving the Cleveland, Mississippi area is committed to achieving the best results for buyers and sellers. Their knowledge and expertise about agricultural, hunting, and recreational lands is highly known and respected throughout the state. With Tom Smith Land and Homes, you can expect more and get more. Return on your real estate investment. Contact Tom Smith Land and Homes today at 662-441-2500.
2: Miss.
1: More of the Rebel Yell Hotline,
0: presented by Cannon Motors, coming up next.
3: Finish it up with a few things. SEC and Ole Miss News brought to you by Van Atkins Jewelers, South's leader in estate jewelry and diamond solitaires, as Chuck says. You know she's worth it. And I'm not going to go too deep in it because we've discussed things enough. After the win over Missouri, uh, the Rebel basketball team's 19-6 and six overall, 6-6 six and six in the lead, tied with State and AM for 7th in the conference, and those three teams are on the bubble in everybody's bracketology. Jerry Palm has Ole Miss as a 10. He does the same for Mississippi State with A&M as the 11. Lenardi, however, has Ole Miss as the 11, and in a play-in game, one of the final four in. So, obviously, in Startville, Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, a big one for, for both schools. Women's hoops got State in overtime yesterday, 18-7 and 7 overall, 8-4 in the SEC, which is fourth in the conference. They get Georgia at uh, the SJB Pavilion Thursday at 6.30, and Ole Miss softballs one nine straight at 9-1, best start in program history. They're the Clemson Classic Friday, Saturday, Sunday, taking on UConn, Miami of Ohio, and, of course, the home team, Clemson. Red and Blue Chips recruiting segment presented by the Grove Collective to enhance that NIL opportunity for Ole Miss student-athletes in today's NIL marketplace.
4: Yeah, first tidbit of the day here. Ole Miss has been in contact with Michigan safety transfer rising sophomore Keon Sab, per Zach Barry from the Old Miss Spirit, has been in contact already. He's a 6'1, 208-pound safety. Uh Chucky Gary, you know they still need some more defensive back depth in my eyes. He had 28 tackles, one tackle for loss, two interceptions, and six pass breakups in his five starts at safety last year for Michigan. As you know, they already picked up a defensive back from Michigan earlier this year. 2025 four-star Keith Lane out of Missouri released his top six. He's the number 180 uh, prospect in the country. Six-eight offensive tackle out of Kansas City. He put Ole Miss in that group and visited a couple weekends ago. Uh, equipment running back, and this is a guy the guy that everybody needs to keep their ears open for. For. Uh, the next 12 months here is going to be a key player in this uh, 2025 class for Ole Miss. Akeelan Deer, running back, as we all know, Ole Miss is going to be shooting for running back next year. He's an Under Armour All-American selection this past weekend after his performance at their combine. He's six foot two hundred, ran for over 2,000 yards, 27 touchdowns. As a junior in ranks, as 129th overall prospect by on three when at Equipment County. Those are the biggest three tidbits so far.
3: All right. We've got the good, the bad, and the ugly brought to you by Riverland Roofing, your locally owned roofing firm, inspections, new roofs, maintenance programs. Riverland has you covered home or business. As a certified GAF Master Elite Contractor, they offer warranties that last a lifetime. Call or text them, 662-644-4297. Or the website is riverlandroofing.com. You'll never need another roofer again. Well, it's
5: always good when old Miss beats Mississippi State in anything. So hats off to the Lady Rebels who defeated MSU 75-71 in overtime in the Pavilion yesterday. The Lady Rebs overcame a big deficit earlier in the week to win at Florida in overtime as well. They're now 18-7 overall and 8-4 in the SEC, which is pretty solid work. The men's hoop team got off their losing streak with a hard-fought win over Missouri the day before in the Pavilion. Good job to get to 19-6 overall and 6-6 in the SEC. They just got to keep playing good solid basketball and I, I think the ncaa tournament is a real real reality the baseball team opened the season in hawaii with a pair of wins but we slip into the bad the rebels lost the last two games of the four game series in bad fashion getting ripped nine to one in the third game and 13 to four in the fourth match when rebel pitchers walked 10 batters and uh the fielders made six errors uh when you hit poorly, feel poorly, and pitch poorly, guess what? You lose. It's automatic. Uh, big hoops games this week as the Rebels travel to Starkville Wednesday for a match with MSU and then host South Carolina Saturday at 2.30. Be there. As far as these uh, polls go, with uh, I'm always cynical when it comes to Lenardi and Palm when there's so much more basketball to play. There's so much more that can happen. Uh, just play good ball, Rebels, and you'll get there.
3: Of course, we've got almost Baseball Wednesday against Arkansas State, 4 o'clock for that one. Who do you think they're going to go with on that? I, that? I was just looking at stats, and I really have no idea yeah. what the choice might I be. I thought it was
4: going to be Kyle. Uh, came from Arkansas State, you know, got some starts there last year, but they put him in that last inning. Um, I don't know. We'll see.
3: And you got high points this weekend for baseball. Yep. They just need to get the good feeling, get some momentum. From? North Carolina? I think that is yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, they're not very in good North, in North Carolina. I
4: need to go four zero this weekend correct. and just just get the roles started getting defined, right? They still—I mean, this is you know—I I read and hear people complaining about how much Bianco changes the lineup. You can expect a lot of it over the well, next. We talked
3: about it, right? The second game of 20, the double twenty-five was games. Like, hmm, what's this? And yeah, so he's trying to figure and and yeah, it's—I mean, it's going to happen for so the don't next. Don't get frustrated That's if right. your
4: player Furness or Leger or
3: somebody's not playing that
4: game. I mean, he's he's got to just try everything. That's that's where they are right now.
5: Well, and I think baseball is a little different when it comes to that too. Um, I've I've had people call me and say, "Well, why did they figure that out?" You know, in the fall ball. Well, it's just different. Baseball is just different. You got to play against competition. Besides the guys you're you're hitting against every day, or the guys you're fielding against. Yeah, so so it's just it's just a little different.
4: Yeah, when the lights come on, everything changes. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, we just saw that with Gunner, righty. And and think... look,
5: it, I'm not jumping off the the building here about this baseball team, but at the same time, it's no doubt they got to play better than they did those second those mm. other two games, and no doubt about that. Yeah, you know, Bianco said it's the worst they've ever played in 24
4: years. Simple as that. But I, I think they're going to start getting it back. There's enough arms on that in that um, dugout that I think that, that they could start carrying the offense. How Who about did? the bats? Well, <laughs> I'm still a little wary on that. We'll see. Hadi toddy. <laughs>